Isaiah Land details his transfer portal experience, how he felt about Deion Sanders commenting on it. And we have a couple of guys who actually went through with the process. Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day now. Remember to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives because when the mic cuts off, the journey does not stop. And speaking of journeys not stopping, let's talk about Isaiah Land saying, it's not time for the FAMU journey to be over for me. He entered the transfer portal and decided to stay at FAMU about a month ago. But let's get into why all of this even transpired. Why would he think about leaving FAMU and why did he decide to stay? Okay, so when I'm looking at situations, Specifically situations like this, I often try to ask myself two questions when trying to really get get the full scope of the situation. I got to ask myself what and I got to ask myself why. Now, the what gives you the basic information. What happened? What what transpired? Okay, this was happening on this date or anything like that. Just the basic action that is easy to find out. The why is like you say, why did it happen? And I, I look at it when I say when I look at these, I say. Well, when I'm asking myself why, it gives me a little bit of context. A lot of times the why is, if not just as, it's more interesting than the what. And let's look at it. In this situation, Isaiah Land entering the transfer portal and deciding to stay at FAMU is the what. We found that out about a month ago. There's not much of a story within that as we sit here today in June. That's a story for May, maybe even a story for right around, I don't know, Swipe Media Day, because I'm assuming he'll probably be one of the two players that FAMU rolls out there. But right now in June, it's like whatever, right? But he just did an interview with Tallahassee.com or the Tallahassee Democrat, I believe it's called. Tallahassee.com is where you can find the article. It was an amazing read, very insightful. I'm not going to go over everything that's in that interview, but I will go over a lot of it, right? I thought that he gave some really important insight into why he even did this. So Rattler fans, pay attention. Don't be hurt. Don't be hurt because when he talks about this, you see that it comes from a place of concern is why he even entered the transfer portal. So like I said, we know what the what is, but why? Why did he enter the transfer portal? He finally opened up about that, and it all ties back to Marquise Bell. Now, we know how I feel about Marquise Bell. I've expressed it on the show countless times. Clearly, Isaiah Land and I have similar feelings about Marquise Bell's lack of being drafted. Because when Marquise Bell didn't get drafted, Land said, what hope is there for me? I see a guy who has done everything that he can and should do on an FCS level, yet he still did not get drafted. If that guy can achieve what he achieved, if he can be as good as he is and still not get drafted, Gosh, the, it's not even about talent level because some might hear that and say, well, you should feel like you're better than Bell. 
everybody, you know, you shouldn't feel like, oh, that guy Bell is just way better than me. And right, he may still feel that way, but it's not about talent level. What it's actually about is that Isaiah Land is saying, I've seen Bell accomplish this. I've seen Bell be this good on the same level that I'm currently at. Clearly, they're on the same team. If he didn't get drafted, then the odds must be stacked against me. It must be stacked against all of us. And that's a demoralizing feeling. That's a situation where, yeah, I love FAMU, but it clearly playing at FAMU does not set me up well to be drafted. That's how he was feeling. It was a purely emotional reaction. Clearly, he decided to stay, right? But if you see a teammate of yours, a brother of yours, do everything that he possibly can and still not achieve the goal that you want to, because he's expressed it's more than just playing in the league for me. I want to get drafted. If you've seen all of that happen and you still don't get to the goal or he still doesn't get to the goal that you want to reach and you feel like he's a surefire thing, oh, I get why you decided to say, let me put my name in a transfer portal before it's too late for me to do it. He didn't want it to be public. He fed, I think he fed into it when it got public, but I know that he says his intentions were not for it to be a public affair. His intentions were to simply say, I'm going into the transfer portal. I want the coaches to see it, right? Because when you do that, now every coach in the country, FBS, FCS, and different, they are going to know Isaiah Land is interested or is, I'm going to say, at least thinking about leaving, right? We're not even going to say interested. We're going to say just thinking about the idea and talking amongst themselves as far as, do I want to leave FAMU? Is this where I truly want to be? So now you have the LSUs of the world and the other, other teams that he had posted on Instagram saying, I would like you. And he said it. These are schools that he festooned his walls with when he was in high school, saying, oh, I would love to play for this school. I would love to play for that school. But it took two important people to him to remind him why he needed to stay at FAMU. I'm going to start off with his coach, Willie Simmons. He said that all the coaches from all these schools came in and they said whatever they said, gave their pitches. But, but Willie, he didn't say, hey, FAMU needs you for this. Uh, you need FAMU for that. I need you for this. And that would all be logical things to say. He didn't go any of those routes, though. That's not how he tried to sell Isaiah Land on staying. He talked to Land about the upside, the downside of leaving. And then he also told him, which this was the downside, think about the precedent that this could set for other HBCU athletes. Athletes who will come in, use the HBCUs as a trampoline, a place to start off, show that you can play, and then just jump up to another level. And I think you see the HBCU brand is important to him. We've seen that. That's clear. So now you're looking at a player who said, I can't set that precedent for, for high schoolers. He was a defensive player of the year. Defensive player of the year in all of the FCS. Yes, he was very good. If you can't stick around at HBCUs, how does another player who achieves a level of success similar to yours expect it or is to be expected to stay as well? He's not. And then the other person that was close was his mom. And mom said, look, you got to remember, you said you were going to stay where you started. This was something that was important to you because fam, you came in in that last hour and offered you a couple of days before National Signing Day. You visited them when supporting your family. You know and you love fam, you. This is where you're supposed to be. And it makes sense because that's the reason I was shocked that he entered the transfer portal in the first place. I said, Isaiah Land is a through and through Rattler. He is somebody who completely supports HBCUs. And this seems like where he's dedicated to. His mom came through, reminded him of that. So Willie Simmons and his mom, 
those are two people who really sold him on the idea and why it was important for him to stay at FAMU. You see one of those names that I didn't name? That's Deion Sanders. But Deion Sanders did comment on Isaiah Land entering the transfer portal. We'll see what Isaiah Land had to say about that because he did have an interesting response and one that I think could go forward and something we'll see the ramifications of during the Orange Blossom Classic. But before we get into that, let me tell you about uh, Built Bar because Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market, bar none. They have so many delicious flavors. Matter of fact, they just sent us this sample pack of Built Puffs with the mud pie. I promise you, it's been probably three, four days since that happened. Every single day, somebody in the group chat for Locked On has said, man, these mud pies are delicious. I promise, one, two, three, I can think of three off the top of my head. Obviously, I'm not naming any names, but I can think of three off the top of my head that said these things are delicious, completely unprovoked. We ain't talking about Built Bars all day on in, in the chat. No, but they decided to come out here and vouch for it. That should be enough for you. Go to Built.com. They're going to be rolling out all of these flavors. You can get the Built Puffs, the Built Bars, the Built Granolas. You can get everything, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, all of these things, and not to mention delicious flavors. Locked on vouchers for it. I vouch for it. Make sure that you go get it as well at Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your offer. All right, so keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And I want you to make sure that you're checking out the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft starting Thursday. That is tomorrow, June 16th. With over 50 insiders, nothing equals the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Locked on NBA Big Board Draft experts plus Odyssey insiders, the first pick is tomorrow. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so that you do not miss a single pick. This is great content. And today's word of the day is festoon, meaning to cover or decorate something with many small objects, pieces of paper, or etc. All right. And we talked about that because Isaiah Land, he just he festooned his whole walls with a bunch of schools. They didn't come a calling. They came calling now, but he told them, nah, I'm a fam you rattling through and through. But before he decided to say, I'm gonna stay in Tallahassee, Deion Sanders has some things to say. <laughs> Oh, Deion Sanders has some things to say, and we know he always does, but this time he might have ruffled a little bit of feathers. Let's get into what Coach Sanders had to say about Isaiah Land entering the transfer portal. Let's remember, this is before he decided he was going to stay. <laughs> he said, this is flat out wrong. You go into the portal because you don't think you can go pro from an HBCU? Well, a few went yesterday, and over 20 went from FCS schools. Be the change that we all desire. Don't run from the challenge. Willie Simmons is a great coach. That great coach is in all caps and does an amazing job with his, with exposing his kids and preparing them. I pray he changes his mind and goes back to FAMU because ain't no sure thing you're going to get the reps, exposure, and recognition somewhere else just because it looks green don't mean it's grass. All right, that's a lot. That's a lot. And we're going to unpack that right now before we get into what Isaiah Land had to say back. So let's get into it because clearly Sanders was upset. Clearly he was upset. This is flat out wrong. Exclamation point after it. I didn't need to tell you. Anytime somebody says it's flat out wrong, there's a little bit of anger involved in that or a little bit of disdain and disappointment involved in that. Something along the sorts. None of those are good emotions. But to me, it felt like it was a little bit of uh, anger, right? 
He then calls out the reason that he thought Isaiah Land left. He turned out to be correct. That was what was going through his head. He felt like, man, I can't get drafted. It wasn't going pro. It was getting drafted. Well, and we'll get into the four people that went from FCS, I mean, from HBCUs, the 20 that went from FCS. Isaiah Land had a rebuttal for all of that. But okay, really what this says to me is Isaiah Land, from Deion Sanders' point of view, Isaiah Land did not want to play, did not want to take on a challenge. And really that painted Isaiah Land as a coward. It painted him as somebody who was not willing to go through it, as somebody who wanted it easy. That's what I feel like. And really, I think Deion Sanders was speaking on something he did not know. He was speaking on something that wasn't his place. He had no inside information. I don't think Isaiah Land came to him and talked about why he wanted to leave FAMU. I don't think Willie Simmons came and confided in Deion Sanders saying why Isaiah Land entered the transfer portal. I think Isaiah Land and Willie Simmons had this conversation amongst themselves. Deion Sanders, being Deion Sanders, spoke on it, but he spoke on it from the point of view of an outsider. But here's the thing. He's a little too close to the inside. He's a little close to the actual bubble to be speaking on this. See, I am an outsider, completely and wholeheartedly. That's an outsider that has to play or coach against the team that Isaiah Land now plays for. And he spoke on an ongoing situation. This wasn't something that was already done. You didn't speak about a guy who already left. Now, he did say, I pray he changes his mind. But I think Deion Sanders, as well-intentioned as he might have been in just trying to praise HBCUs, and trying to say that, hey, you can do these things from an HBCU. He was advocating HBCUs, but in a way, he was essentially publicly chastising Isaiah Land. Whether that was his intention or not, because I do think it was more so about FAMU and HBCUs, he did publicly chastise him, and that don't run from a challenge line really painted him as a coward. So let's see, what did Isaiah Land have to say about that? And he said, I quote, I didn't care for it. His players, talking about Sanders, his players are taken care of as if they're in the FBS. If we were in the same position as Jackson State players, then he could say that. Essentially, what he just told Deion Sanders is you need to stay in your place. You need to worry about the things that concern you because you don't fully understand. And I understand that we're putting it bluntly, and I will articulate it a little bit more, you know, cleverly or a little bit, you know, better. But the truth of the matter is he just told Deion Sanders he needs to stay in his place and not speak on that which he does not know. And I agree with Isaiah Land, especially because he returned. Maybe wait until it's a done deal, but there's some harsh things in here. He's basically, he's really leaning in to Isaiah Land in this Instagram post publicly on a situation that was not done. We all know that people can enter the transfer portal and leave. I mean, come back. uh, Sanders knows that too. So he talked about Land. He talked about how Sanders' players are treated well. Troy Anderson, who is an FCS player as well, who got drafted by the Falcons, he didn't have to worry about some of the things that FAMU players would have to worry about leading up into the draft on a daily basis. Neither did Jackson State players. Deion Sanders does not fully understand, or at least his his statement felt as if he did not fully understand what HBCUs that aren't Jackson State completely have to go through. Him being a Jackson State alleviates part of the struggle, part of it, not all of it, part of it. In Isaiah Land's point of view, That makes you inept to to actually speak on this. Another thing that he spoke about that I thought was important was his personal goals. He said he wants to break that record. Yeah. I hate when people in the media try to act like players having personal goals is bad. That's a good thing. It's normal. I mean, whether we hear about it or not, you'd be a fool to think that players aren't coming in with personal agendas going into games. 
So just because when he has a microphone in front of his face or you have your recorder up there and it's a bunch of you, he doesn't say, hey, I want to get 20 sacks this season. Do you think that means he doesn't want to get 20 sacks this season? You can do both. It's not as if every personal goal immediately interferes with the team goal because we always try to spin this whole team narrative, team narrative, you're selfish. No. They, they killed Jamar Chase before his rookie year, talking about he wants to – I think he wanted to break like a rookie receiving record for the for the uh, Bengals or something. He said, man, no, you need to worry about trying to win some games for the Bengals. Well, it looked like, like Jamar Chase and the Bengals did a pretty good job at winning and breaking records. You can do this. A lot of times these goals that these players set are going to help the team. If Land gets 20 sacks, I can guarantee you that means the, the FAMU defense is probably pretty good. If they're getting blown out, they're not even passing that much for you to get 20 sacks most times. So let's be very clear. If Isaiah Land gets 20 sacks, they're probably doing pretty good. And Isaiah Land is probably the defensive player of the year. And the two-time FCS defensive player of the year, he's getting drafted. Best believe that. And then the last quote I wanted to put on here was just basically, he was talking about how he feels like he's making history every time he's in a FAMU uniform making plays and how they don't have a lot of resources in the world, but he's making a sacrifice at the same time he's doing it for the culture so it doesn't really feel like a sacrifice. I'm always pro. Talk about the struggle, man. Because it's it's there. That struggle is what makes this decision important. Because you're deciding that, yes, I could have it easier somewhere else, but I don't need to. I'm okay. I don't need to do that. It's the idea that I'm going to an HBCU because, A, you can still make it there, and also there's pride in being there. That's what makes that's what makes his decision so important. That's why he feels like every play he makes is history. But he also said it's for the culture, and he understands that it's for a greater cause, so it's not really a sacrifice. I feel as embracing the struggle, but then also saying it's more than just a struggle is a way to bring people in. You don't want to make it sound like it's whole hum, like, oh, man, this is so tough. Uh, I'm, I'm doing it tough. I'm doing it tough. I'm doing it tough. Like some people are not going to do that. They're not going to come to family because of that. But you say, hey, this is for a greater cause. And that's why it's worthwhile to actually come in and put in this extra work and maybe not go to somewhere where it's all plush and luxury. I think that's a great re- recruiting pitch as well. And going forward, we're going to talk about some guys who actually went into the transfer portal and they didn't come back to their team. We have three guys and a possible. So something like Spades, right? I got three and a possible in the transfer portal that are leaving. Let's talk about that and more on Locked on HBCU. All right, it's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I got three in a possible. I'm not talking about spades. I'm talking about three surefire athletes that have left in the transfer portal and went to a different school. And one guy that could be on the verge, it could go either way. So we got four athletes. I got three in the possible. I got the ace of spade. I got the ace of heart. Got the ace of club. And I don't know. This, this Jack might be able to do something, too. So I got a possible. We'll see how this is going to go. But let's get into the surefire ones first. And we're going to talk about Jordan Carter, who went from Bowie State to Southern. And he announced this decision to leave with the caption because you got to remember, Damon Wilson left. And a lot of players from Bowie State have been, not a lot, but quite a bit of Bowie State athletes have actually entered the transfer portal from there when he decided that he wanted to go to southern and announce this decision he left it with this caption this is the caption that got me he said seven era like honey badge in louisiana 
Now, those are some big shoes to fill. Never in my life will I compare myself to Honey Badger. I'm just being honest with you. Not in a collegiate football standpoint. I will not. Those are some huge shoes to fill, especially in Louisiana. Honey Badger back in Louisiana now. So this is a big shoe to, shoe to fill, right? You're talking about a guy who ain't even from Louisiana, <laughs> all right? And a guy who didn't wear seven at Bowie State. But, hey, I, I love the confidence. And if you're going to step in and be like Honey Badger for Southern, Southern is a, is a legitimate SWAC West championship team, contender. We have to really think about that. If you're going to come in and be like Honey Badger, that's what kind of player Honey Badger was. But, hey, I love it because this is a pretty good defensive back. This is a guy who won all CIAA as a – or not won all CIAA, but was part of the all CIAA rookie team as a freshman. He comes into Southern with two years of eligibility left because he redshirted his first year and then also COVID. So he was able to graduate and then come in. So he was a grad transfer, two years of eligibility left, seven area in Louisiana, like Honey Badger. I am with it. I am with all of the confidence. Now, I did find it a bit interesting that your defensive coordinator, who did just leave, is actually in the swag, but you didn't join him. So that was a little bit interesting to me, but that didn't, I'm not trying to plant any seeds of, of beef or anything. I just thought it would be an easy connection if you're going to come to the SWAC to join your defensive coordinator or your former defensive coordinator. Next, you have Steven Singleton, who went from Jackson State to Morehouse. So you had a player who went from the CIAA to the SWAC and then now in Carter, and now you're looking at a guy who's going from the SWAC to the SEAC. And he redshirted his freshman year. But when you're looking at Morehouse as a whole, because we're more so looking at the team here as opposed to just the individual player. Morehouse is a team who was great at forcing turnovers last year. If you remember, I think a couple of weeks ago, probably two, three weeks ago, we talked about FAMU and Tennessee State building on top of the strength. And I believe it was Tennessee State who added talent to the roster to build on top of the strength. That's what Morehouse is doing here. See, they had 20, they forced 27 turnovers, which was by far the best in the SEAC. They also had 30-plus sacks, one of only two teams to do that. They came in second. Now, unless you go one by one and pick out the interceptions and the forced fumbles, some of those are going to have to deal with pressure in the defensive line. Some aren't. So unless I go one by one, I can't actually tell you just how much of the defensive line impacted those stats. But when you're looking at sacks, for the most part, I can say, hey, the defensive line played a part in that. This is what I mean by building a strength on top of a strength. This is great, and he's going into a pretty good situation as far as just saying, hey, there's probably not too much pressure on him, and this is really his, his freshman year, essentially. Now we're going to have another guy who has four years of eligibility. And we're talking about Jabbar Triplett coming from Arizona to Grambling, and he's the only FBS transfer on this list. He becomes the second FBS linebacker to actually come to Grambling in this transfer, uh, in this recruiting cycle with Dante Sarks, who used to play at uh, LSU. So you're looking at two former FBS linebackers. And when looking at Triplett, he actually had a bright future in front of him. He actually felt pretty good about Triplett in Arizona going into both the 2020 season and the 2021 season. It wasn't about talent. He never played a single game because he was hurt. He comes in to April 2020, I believe, tears his Achilles. Then less than a year later in January, he has a knee surgery. So both of those injuries kept him out for the duration of the upcoming season. So he never played. Not only is he a guy who's an FBS player or former FBS player, he's also a guy who's a big question mark. I have absolutely no idea what Jamar Triplett is going to bring to Grambling. I don't. Because when you have an Achilles injury and then also a knee injury, 
you might not be the same guy, period. So there's really no telling as far as how well that he's going to perform for Grambling. But I will say this, I'm very interested in his pedigree says that this is a guy that we should be excited about. And then lastly, I already gave you my three for sure. I had three aces in a deck, but now I got to give my jack. And that's Randolph Ross. See, his dad just went to transfer or just got a job at Tennessee. And he said, look, I don't know what my son's going to do, but he's wearing orange today. Some feel like, okay, that might mean he's going to go ahead and join his father at University of Tennessee. I'm not surprised if he does. Matter of fact, I expect it. I do. This should not come as shock to anybody if he does join. Now, I will say this. I'll be more surprised if he stays at North Carolina a t as opposed to if he went to Tennessee. I don't think it's a sure thing either way. I'm probably 60, 40, 70, 30, not even 65, 35 at the most that he's going to Tennessee. More along the 60, 30, 60, 40 line. But this is not a move that would ever shock me if you went to go join your dad. I mean, I can only imagine that going to be coached by your father for your last year and a half of eligibility is probably more important than sticking around at the school that you started at, which you probably went to because of your dad. It just logically makes sense that he would go there. So that's a possible. I'm not counting it out that he goes to North Carolina A&T. And boy, if he, if he stuck, it, uh, stuck with the Aggies, that would be a big boost to whoever the next coach is going to be. It would. If he leaves the Aggies, all Aggie fans should expect that to happen. And I'm going to leave it at that. Got my three in a possible. Now, I hope that this is another surefire. I hope this isn't a possible, but I hope that you still make it locked on HBCU, your first, first listen of the day going forward, not just today. So I appreciate you for, for doing that. Now, let's do it on Friday again when we come back with our feature Friday. And unless some things change, we'll probably have a two-pack. Talking about the Hampton uh, linebacker who had a WWE NIL deal and exactly what does that mean, right? So we'll get into that and more on Feature Friday. And in the meantime, in between time, make sure that you are checking out the Locked On NBA Big Boys Draft podcast. They're going to have Rafael Barlow in the game discussing the NBA draft, the mock drafts, and then, of course, the big boards. And if you're looking for me in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.